and now we're going to hear from our pastor, Brent Locker. Thanks. And we did just hear from our pastor, Karina, too. Yeah, so... um, so uh, thank you, Steve and Donna, for sharing, um, and thanks for just for going in obedience. I know uh, that's a big deal because we all have these opportunities that come through, and, and Levi, you're going in obedience, and uh, that's such a big part of the kingdom is just saying yes when it's inconvenient and it costs money or whatever, or we've got reasons why we think it's not going to happen. So I'm just proud of you for doing it. And of course, Jesus always you know, fills us up and gives us more than we thought. A um, little bit later, uh, we're going to, later tonight, we're going to be anointing, um, we're going to be anointing you with oil for those that want that for, for peace. And uh, I so appreciate earlier, Bill, uh, just letting us soak in that peace. Um, and uh, we're going to do a little bit more of that. And then also, the reason why I'm bringing it up is because if you want, if you need prayer for healing, we'll also have our pr- prayer teams available. And so um, I said, Steve and Donna in particular, you, they're already already on our prayer team, but We'll have them along with the rest of the team just releasing um, that healing power. So if you need healing, please, please take advantage of that in a little bit. A um, couple other things. Um, there's someone in the front row that's having a birthday. I think it's tomorrow. It's Susan, Pastor Susan. And I'd point to Tammy if she was right there, because her birthday's today, but she's probably off celebrating her birthday with her family, which is awesome. Anybody else have a birthday this week? Raise your hand. Nice. Okay. So, Lord, we're just blessing, we're just blessing our, our these, these uh, sons and daughters. Well, they're all daughters, I guess. Is there any sons out there? But we're just blessing you. I just bless you all with, with um, a year of... A victory, a year of breakthrough, a year of what, what Jesus has intended for you, that you're going to see more of what you're alive for than ever before. In Jesus' name, amen. And I know there was something else, and I am totally... Oh, I know what it is. Sierra still has Sierra in the back. Just just stand up for just a minute. It's this beautiful Sierra who is singing tonight. I believe this is a true statement. I believe that tonight was the last time she's singing on the worship team. No? Oh. Is that one more time? Okay. She's going off to, um, to Sierra, to Sierra, to, to, that's you, um, Tim Simpson College real soon. And I was, I was doing the math, the calendar math and thought this might be the last one. So, but I'm still super grateful. It doesn't mean that we'll never see her again. It just means that for periods of time, we won't. As she is going off to college, um, she's already been in college, but she's going off to college soon. So, Sierra, I'm just once again proud of you for stepping out and so love you. And I've so loved watching um, the Lord grow you up in just to be an amazing and strong and faithful woman of God. So I bless you. Amen. So this is a, this is an interesting time of the year um, in that, wow, like, I don't know about you, but when I'm, when I'm driving around, um, I get really happy seeing all the lights. Um, some of you might have seen on Facebook, you know, my little Christmas town, well, my not so little Christmas town. I just, I love that kind of thing. Um, but I just get happy. But I also know this is a time of year 
where people can get extra discouraged and depressed. Some of it even has to do with less light, you know, during the day. Some of it just has to do with this is a time when, um, like if we've lost people that we love, uh, you know, there's, there just seems to be, uh, that when we lost people we love, it just, you know, it, it seems to hurt extra much or we miss them extra much. So it's just an interesting time of the year where there just seems to be extra highs and lows. But isn't it fascinating that that's exactly the world Jesus came into? He came into this world of highs and lows to be our savior in the midst of it all. And, um, I want to share tonight, um, where I'm really going tonight is, is talking about how Jesus came to bring peace to our hearts, but also to, to the nations, both. And sometimes, um, especially when we're in hard places, we're just like, Jesus, I just need you for me right now. I need you to, you know, do something in my heart. And he does. He's our personal savior. And uh, I want to talk about that tonight, but I also want to talk about how he came to be the peace to the nations. And it's, it's both and. Um, in order to get there, I want to start with, uh, how many were you here last week with Leif? Leif Hetland. So, so a lot of you, um, Leif just brings something extra special every time he comes. And, uh, there, there's the pictures on that. By the way, the pictures on the outside, that's Leif. The inside, that's, that's a picture of, uh, King David. At least somebody's rendition of him. Leif talked a lot about David. And, um, but see, I've heard Leif many times. I've heard him four or five, six times. And I've, and so just like anybody, the first time or two when you're listening to them, it, it's a lot. Uh, you know, it's almost overwhelming at times because there's so much. They just have so much revelation. And then the more I hear him, the more that it, it just goes deeper and I go, okay, I'm getting this. So he brought up something about David's life and he brought up four locations that represented four different um, components or spiritual aspects of David's life. But he was kind of bouncing around in them, and I thought, you know, it, it's so rich. I, I'm, I, this is just going to be a quick review, but I thought it's so worth it. Uh, and I'm going to tie it into where we're going tonight. So first he's talked about Bethlehem, and this is where David first lived when he was a boy. So this is where he was playing the harp. He was he was getting to know um, the Lord personally and, and uh, got his love language going through the Psalms, which, you know, a lot of those songs, the Psalms, a lot of those I'm sure he wrote when he was just a, a kid. And uh, this is where he learned his trade, where, where you know, killing the, uh, tending the sheep, he was just doing what his father asked, but also um, he was, um, he was learning how to kill bears and things with a sling. So this was Bethlehem. And uh, Leif talked about how this, uh, represents um, for us that place of intimacy, that place of wonder and awe, the simplicity of life, um, experiencing the Lord's presence, his joy, and really our first love. That um, just, you know, going, when we first accepted Jesus, there was something in our heart that was so overjoyed. And then how funny that along the way, it seems to get more and more complicated. Um, and, and God is always calling us back to our first love. Then, then Leif brought up, he said the next place was Adullam. And, um, this is the place where David, as he, um, first, first Samuel says, this is going to be the king, prophesies over him. And, and David's thinking, cool, I'm going to be the king, except that that's never the way life goes when you get the prophecies, right? So first, he's got to go through a huge trial period in his life. And this trial period was about, a person named Saul, who at one time really appreciated David, 
turned, kind of turned on him, got jealous, and now wants to kill him. So the cave of Adullam is where he hid out um, because Saul wanted to kill him. He, he was afraid for his life. And so, get this going, there it is. This is that place of disillusionment. You know, things not going the way you thought when you got that really cool word from the Lord. And all of a sudden, it's not looking at all like that. Which, uh, a place of fear... And, and when you have disillusionment and fear, what, what comes a lot of times is a lot of need, uh, needy from the Lord, but needy from people. We need to get our needs met because I'm afraid and I don't know what to do, which, which can lead to this, to a victim mentality and, and to an orphan mentality that we don't have a father that's going to take care of us. Those, those thoughts can start to flood us. And this is a very real place that, and Leif was trying to explain, look at this is, we all go through these places. It's not that somehow we, we skip out on some of them. The next one, before I kind of look at the whole, the whole thing, um, go this way. There we go. The next one is Hebron. And, uh, this is actually where, where David was anointed, uh, as king. And he reigned for 40 years, but the first seven years was actually in Hebron. And so, um, again, just shortening this a little bit, Leif talks about this being our place of identity. This is where we really understand who we are, especially as sons and daughters of the king and who he's created us to be. We begin to walk in that anointing. We begin to see our purpose. And then as Leif, only Leif can say, you know, says we had our special sauce, right? You know, that, 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 um, we actually are learning in this place to, because we're finally in agreement with who we are and it's coming into focus. Now we're not in that scary, needy place so much. Now we're in the place where we're actually giving out what we have inside of us. And then the very last one he mentioned was was Zion. And I'm just going to let you know that, because if you hear that word Zion, he never said Jerusalem. In most cases, when you hear the word Zion, they're talking about Jerusalem. And this was actually the word David, uh, uh, the last 33 years where he ruled as king. And, um, and uh, I'm just going to... There we go. I'm just going to put that up there to say this is this is that place in life where we're, we feel like finally we're, some pieces are coming together. Uh, we're, we're walking more in what we think is, you know, what we believe God's assignment is. There feels like more fulfillment. These are words like um, destiny, impact. You know, we're having impact on people the way we were designed to. And this is what Leif was talking about now. He was saying that he says, look, you know, we all start here in Bethlehem. And he said, he always hears from people that say to him, okay, how can I just take a straight shot here to Zion? Because, you know, now I know Jesus. Okay, what's my destiny? I want to walk in it now. And he says, no, actually what happens is you got, oops, you got a dualium down here, you know, bummer, because this is not where you thought you'd be. And, you know, boom, up at Hebron. And it's not just this simple. It's not like you go down once and up once and there you are. You know, he says, really, the kingdom is like this, you know. And and through it all, there's where we where we end up along the way. And he was also saying, look, it, it's not a it's not that it just um, it's not just one way, um, and you can never go back. You know, there are times where we'll go back to a cave of fear, even though we've been living in this or this. Um, he did say also that he said most of the world and most of the church is living right here, in in Adullam. Most of the world and most of the church is living in disillusionment, fear, uh, need, which causes us just to feel like we're orphans, even though we are not, to feel like we're victims, even though we are victorious. 
And, um, and, and when he said one of the reasons he told us this to our leadership, one of the reasons Leif keeps coming back here, why would someone like Leif Hetland come back to blazing fire for four years, you know, four times in a row? He says, because I see you guys, he said, you're a handful. I see a handful of churches in the U S that are, that are absolutely walking into their, into this place in Hebron who, who they're getting who they are. They're seeing their purpose. They're, they're, they're knowing that they're sons and daughters. And so they're starting to walk in this, in this anointing that's giving, not, not just to each other. And it is this family, but also to their, to their communities around them. So he's seeing this happen all over the world, but, but, but probably a little less so in America. We're catching up to some other places. And, um, but for me personally, and this is where I want to skip back to where I'm going tonight. For me personally, what impacted me the most last week about about these stages with Leif is he said, you know, Leif is one who's absolutely walking in a lot of, you know, the fulfillment of what he's alive for, clearly. But he said what he's longing for and why he's taking the next 60 days off right now is because he's longing for this right here. In other words, you, you, this, is, this is where the life is. Bethlehem, I'm saying that for those that aren't watching my little pen here. For those listening later, he's going from Zion back to Bethlehem. Jesus in, in Revelation said, you know, come back to your first love. And, um, th- it really hit me because, because, I, you know, more and more, uh, as I'm going along in life, I'm discovering more and more who I am. I'm walking more and more in the fullness of why I believe I'm alive on the earth. And, you know, there's just no, mistaking the truth that that without this it it all just kind of it's just kind of um it's without life it's without the life that the lord intended when we start getting into this this doing mode of well i better get on to my with my destiny and 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 please don't get me wrong we talk so much and when todd talked about prophecy it's important that we take steps with the Lord. It's important that we listen to his voice and take steps of obedience, just like these that went off on mission trips. It's really important that we do that. So I'm not advocating we don't, we just sit and do nothing and say, Lord, when's something going to happen to me? But on the other hand, a lot of times we get on the other mode of we're just, we just got to go, go, go harder, harder, harder. And we're not taking the time to just remember that it's the presence. This is what I'm telling you what you already know, this is what we signed up for. When we said yes to Jesus, there was something he did. He captured our hearts. There was something he did. And, and this is what we're going back to. And this, this past week, there were several times, I, I, I know that most of us in this room, you, you're, you're going to go through the, your day and you know that the Lord is with you. You know that, you know, he's there, but there's something about intentionally uh, connecting with your hearts, intentionally stopping in your day and just, Oh wow. Oh wow. God, I'm loved. I'm, I'm your son. You're my, you're my, you're my father. You're my papa. And, and, um, just this last week, I, because of something that was stirring in me from life, again, it isn't that I don't do these things, but there was this, this extra pull like, Oh God, I have to, I, I need your presence so much more than I think I do. And it was just drawing me back in, you know, every, every day, these incredible encounters. Um, and, it, and they weren't necessarily long ones. Like what I mean is, is uh, sometimes maybe it would be 10 or 15 minutes, but there was something about stopping everything else I was doing and not just trying to include him in to the day, which is 
nice, you know, that he's with you with everything you do. But there was something about being really intentional. And, um, and so just, just yesterday, oh, So just yesterday, I was I was reading from uh, the Psalms. I just pulled out the Psalms, and I, I. Uh, and I and I opened it to this is in the Message Bible, and I I hadn't read the Message Bible and the Psalms in a while. I remember you know loving it in the Psalms, but I hadn't gone back to it for a while. Message Bible is a paraphrase, and uh, I opened it to Psalm forty seven, and and this is what it said. It said. It said, applause, everyone. Bravo. Bravissimo. That's how it starts. Shout God's songs at the top of your lungs. God most high is stunning. And I got to that word, and and I'm telling you, this has everything in the world to do with my saying, oh, God, I need your presence more. Oh, God, I want your presence. And then, not just saying that, but then day after day of carving out, you know, some sections of time, even if it's 15 minutes, at your lunchtime, whenever, you know, there are times you can do this. Go to the car, do something, where you just say, God, I want you, and you start talking with him again. And, and uh, you know, enjoying his presence, like not making it too complicated, right? And because of that, I'm telling you, I got to this psalm and I, and I said, Oh God, you're stunning. And suddenly, really, his spirit just took over and suddenly I am just bawling because he's so stunning and he's so beautiful because he is. And I go on and I mean, I, I probably parked it there for five minutes. That was, that's another thing I've learned. I hope you get by now that when God starts grabbing you in the midst of something, don't move on. You know, just, just land there and, and soak in it. And uh, I mean, I might have told him he was stunning, uh, you know, dozens of times. I don't think he got tired of hearing it. And I certainly, my spirit didn't get tired of saying it. You know, it was just, oh, it was flooding me. He's stunning. And it, and it says a little later, another line, he, he sets us at the head of the line, it says. And suddenly I'm bawling again. Oh, God. Because how many times in our bad places do we, we say things like, you know, oh God, how come I'm, how come I'm not where I want to be? And all of a sudden I'm in the, I'm just in this place with the Lord in the spirit. And it says he sets us at the front of the line. And I knew it was true. I knew it was true. And it's true for all of you. It's not just true for me, but our spirit has to grab hold of it. He puts you, he sets you at the front of the line because you are blessed. I don't have time to go into it. This was just going to be a, a really simple example. Later on, it says, so sing your best songs to God. God is the Lord of godless nations. And I went, what? I mean, we know this is true. We read Psalms. Oh, yes, God's the Lord of all. Da, 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 da. Yes. No, but I just something about this gripped me. He's the God of, of godless nations. He's Lord over godless nations. Pick the nation you think is the darkest. Pick one. You know, is it North Korea? Is it, is it some, something in the Middle East? Do you think God is not Lord over that nation? He is Lord over that nation. And he is doing things in that nation that we couldn't possibly imagine. But it also, the next thing I felt was, oh God, we have a responsibility here. Oh my goodness, we've got so much freedom, so much blessing. And, and honestly, and this is not a guilt thing on anybody. I'm telling you what I was feeling like, oh God, there's a responsibility here. With our freedom, we gotta get the good news out. We gotta love people. We gotta, we gotta spend our life on this. Anyway, that, 
this isn't even part of the message. I was just trying to tell you that that's what happened by, by choosing to go back to Bethlehem. So I'm, this is my, I'm just trying to, I'm really trying to make you jealous for this. I just want you, I want you to say, Oh God, starting tonight, starting tomorrow, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, my heart is going to choose affection with you. I'm trying to use different language because it's not about, it's not about, well, I better have my quiet time today. No, that's not it. You've already missed the heart of it. It's like, God, I have to have more of your presence. And there's something about simply um, stopping what we're doing, fixing our attention on the one who's already oozing his love over us that just changes things. And the Holy Spirit's going to meet you there. I'm telling you right now, the Holy Spirit's going to meet you there. Okay? So, and even if you've been discouraged, you're like, well, I've been doing that and haven't felt a lot lately. Okay, then pray one of the prayers, um, like Donna prayed. <laughs> be a child again. You know, God, don't really want to be sitting here because I've tried this lately and I'm not really feeling much. I am needing something from you. I am needing something different. See, once you start praying like that, you've now just tapped into your heart. Do you see the difference? Because now you're not doing the Christian thing and having a quiet time. Now you're actually being real with the one who who wants to meet with you. Okay? So just oh, make make it as real as you can. Wow. So before we go on, I so appreciate Todd, you know, the uh singing the Christmas carols tonight. And isn't it always amazing? It always amazes me every year I'm in Walmart listening, you know, to the son of God being born, you know, <laughs> over the loudspeakers. <laughs> like, really? This is pretty amazing. Um <laughs> But I want, I, I want us right now, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna play a song for you. You could sing it if you want, or you can just take it in. But I wanna encourage you right now, and Holy Spirit, would you help us to go back to Bethlehem? Over and over again. To go back to that first love, to remember that it's the presence, it's the presence that makes everything else worthwhile. It's the presence that's the joy of the journey. Oh, Lord. So for those that are weary tonight, even those that have just been going, going, going and kind of lost sight of of the why and lost sight of the joy, I'm saying, Holy Spirit, would you touch them tonight? Touch every single son and daughter in this room tonight. Everyone listening to this podcast, touch them, touch them, touch them right now, Lord. Touch them. So let's go back to Bethlehem. Do, 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 do. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. You're with us, Jesus. You're with us right now. You're with us always. But Lord, we are just saying again together, we, we don't want this to be just an intellectual knowing. We love your presence and we need it. We were, we were born with this, uh, 
insatiable appetite, it seems, for more and more of your presence. And Lord, for those who, who maybe even aren't even quite sure what I'm talking about, then Holy Spirit, would you just saturate, even tonight, saturate them with your presence, even later as we're, as we're receiving an anointing for, for peace. Lord, let your presence consume us. Let us feel those, that warmth and the joy of your heart and the love that saturates our hearts. Let us feel more and more of that. Amen. So, um, earlier this week, I went to the, uh, the house of prayer. It's called the prayer furnace in Dublin. And, um, I was, I was, uh, walking and, and praying around the room and it's actually at good news family fellowship in Dublin, which is the first church location. This blazing fire was in, um, about 13 years ago or so. And I was walking along and on the wall is this painting which we gave to them. This was after we were there for two years, and then our, our church outgrew their space, and so we moved on. But this is a picture of Simeon holding the baby Jesus um, in, in the temple when Jesus was being dedicated to the Lord. And uh, all the, the, uh, those are all of our signatures on the outside. We wrote things to them, just thanking them. And, you know, here that is, gosh, you know, almost a dozen years later. It's on their wall, and it's a, it's a memory stone. Um, and the reason we gave him that picture in particular, why we picked that one out is because we felt like, uh, as a church, we were that baby and that they were being used by God to, to hold us and to nurture us during that early growing time. It was a very, very sweet time there. But the picture itself got, I started thinking about Simeon and it started to grip me. Uh, let me show you this, just a little closer view of that same shot. And, and there's Simeon, um, with tears coming out of his eyes and he's holding Jesus with the light shining. And that's the nations right behind Jesus. Um, I went back and read this and I'm going to, we're going to read it together. This, this encounter of Simeon, uh, waiting his whole life for this moment. Um, and the, the Lord is, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Todd talked about, about prophecy and what, what do we do with prophecy? And, and Leif is talking about, you know, continuing to move in the process and moving towards the fulfillment of why we're alive. This right here is one of those culmination moments and it just started to grip me. Um, let, let's just read the account first and I'll, I'll go on with what I'm talking about. This is in Luke 2, 22 to 35. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was religious and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. And there are some, a lot of the translations say in that first sentence that he was old. They just know that by context. Um, so many think he's, you know, like 80 years old or so. Uh, the Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah fascinating right there. The Holy Spirit was upon him and told him, you're not going to die until you see the Messiah. Why is that so fascinating? Do you, do you remember that for 400 years, there's basically silence in the prophetic world leading up to this? Like when you want to talk about the deadest spiritual time in history, that would have to be it. 400 years. When you read the Bible, it stops 400 years, Malachi, before we get to Jesus. What happened? 
seem like, you know, hello, God, are you there? And then suddenly Jesus breaks on the scene. But before that, Holy Spirit speaks to this person and says, you're going to see him in your lifetime. So first of all, it's fascinating that, that he was spoken to in that way during this time, right? This quiet time of God, it seems. Secondly, what's fascinating is he held on to that word his entire life and kept believing. It said he was devout and righteous, meaning he believed God. He was one of those that was hanging in there believing God. Some of you have had, you've had words and you're like, I don't see it. I don't get it. Lord, when, where, I don't know. And there are times where we even die to it, right? And then God kind of resurrects it and brings it back and says, actually, I wasn't quite finished with that yet. So here he is. And then it says, that day the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. Now, you know, if you aren't looking at this from heaven's perspective, you'd say, wow, that was really lucky that he happened to be there that day. That's a needle in a haystack. I mean, he could have waited his whole life and missed that one moment. Gosh, if we think God is not involved in our lives, that would probably be the way we would look at it. How about this, though, that this was the word the Lord spoke over him and the Lord caused it to happen and made sure that Simeon knew about it. So there he is. He took the child in his arms and he praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. There's that word all again. It seems to be everywhere around Jesus about who he died for eventually. He is a light to reveal God to the nations. And he is the glory of your people, Israel. So he's prophesying. What I love about this, Simeon says, God, you did what you said. I've seen the, the, I've seen the Messiah. I am good to go. We read the story so much, we don't really think about this. Really, he's good to go? That's a baby. Jesus is it's another 30 years. But do you see the way the kingdom works and the way prophecy works? Is that, is that Simeon saw it. He saw it in his spirit. And once God showed him the baby, he prophesies, does his part. He knows the rest is as good as done. He's actually already seen the end from the beginning. He says, this is what's going to happen. I can go home now. I've seen it. Isn't that amazing? This is the kingdom. This is the kingdom within us. Is, is, is he shows us things. We're part of this process. And a lot of times we don't see all of what we want to see. Sometimes people go home to the Lord, right? And they didn't see all that. We said, well, this doesn't make sense. They had this word prophesied over them, and it doesn't seem like they were finished yet. Isn't that true almost with everybody we know? But that's because everyone, we're all part of this, this long uh, story, beautiful story, told by Jesus where he gets to use all of us as, as his body, as his in- integral parts of his story, and, and we're all like passing the baton to one another. And it's going to get where he says it's going to get to. It is. So let me just finish this story. Then he, then he, uh, his parents were amazed. <laughs> like, whoa, okay. I mean, of course, Mary had the angels that uh, prophesied to her. So she already knew some of what was going on. This is just more confirmation. Like, how is this happening? Really? Really, Lord, this is, this is really going to happen. Simeon blessed them and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, this child is destined to cause many to fall in Israel to fall 
but he will be a joy to many others. He's been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. See, that, you know, we teach, and Bill teaches rightfully so in prophecy. We want to encourage. We want to build up. We're like, oh, this doesn't seem so encouraging. But can I tell you what? This is because he's, he just told them, your son is going to be the savior of all nations. And he's saying, and it's going to be really hard. See, that actually was a gift from God. And it's going to be really hard. But just know, this is what's going to happen. I believe, I believe Mary, I'm sure pondered this word so many times through the years, you know, grow, as Jesus was growing up. But how about this? How much more after he died did she reflect on this word and say, oh, Lord, you said that. You said it was going to be really, you said it was going to be, he goes on to say, it's going to be a, a sword will pierce your soul. Oh, Lord, you said this was going to happen. But you also said, He's going to be the savior of all the nations to see how the words go together. Like even when she remembers later, wow, ouch, this pain, like I can't even imagine, but this is all tied into Jesus being the savior of the nations. And I skipped the line there. As a result, he says the deepest thoughts of many hearts are going to be revealed. So that even those that reject him, it's causing them to look at their own hearts. Um, I want to show you this in a, in a video just because I thought it was done so well. You know, there's, I'm just going to say it. There's a lot of cheesy videos out there about, you know, biblical encounters. <laughs> so most of them are like, okay, I don't think that's at all close to what it was like. And, um, this one just gripped me because it was so, because of the dialogue. Like we read a scripture like that and, and it's funny because somebody has to write this, right? In this case, um, Luke is writing it. Somebody has to write this. And they're going back and, and remembering encounters. And so they're writing this dialogue. Did it actually happen that way? Well, yes, very close. But there was probably more interaction. When we talk to people, there's, there's stuff going on. But, but Luke's going back and he's remembering the important part. Like this is what he prophesied, right? So just watch this as it plays out how, how real, just the real conversation that's going on. This is my firstborn son. We are here to present him to the Lord according to the law. Can you turn it up, please? turtle doves for the sacrifice. Have you had him circumcised? Eight days after his birth, according to the law. Is the mother pure? The prescribed number of days has passed. What is the child's name? Jesus. Jesus. I'll say to it. I was waiting. Mary. Here he is. Now, O Lord, allow your servant to depart in peace, as you have promised, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Light to illuminate mankind. And the glory of your people, Israel. I knew that I would not die before seeing him. And now I have seen him. Mother, you need to sign the paper. Yes, certainly. I warn you, my child. Your son will mean the ruin of many. What do you mean, the ruin? He's the Messiah, the Savior of us all. You too said that. 
he will be a sign of contradiction. Because of him, the thoughts of all hearts will be revealed. And you, my daughter. And me? Please tell me. Don't hide anything from me. A sword will pierce your soul. Did um, did Mary have an easy life? I mean, I don't think anybody in this room would say Mary had an easy life. Um, did Jesus have an easy life? No. It's it's amazing how often we're we're that's what we think we're looking for. I don't see it when I look around, and I sure don't see it. Does does life have an easy life? Man. And he shares only a little bit of what he's been through. This isn't to say, well, you know, oh gosh, too bad for them. I'm saying for all of us. Yeah, you know what? We go through stuff. And just because the Lord's favor is on you and just because you're alive to make a huge difference in this world, that does not equal easy life the way that we're wanting an easy life. I just feel weight on that one. Like, there's just something to ponder. Because we do, we love the message around here of how much God loves you because he does, he adores you. That's just what makes it all worthwhile, is the relationship, is the presence. But in the midst of the journey, like we talked about, you know, here here was Jesus in, he was born in, in Bethlehem, right? Interestingly, just, a little over a month later, he's in Beth, he's in Jerusalem. He, he did make the leap all the way from Bethlehem to Jerusalem, right? Why? Because he got the prophetic word. His mother carried it for him, but he got the prophetic word. This is what your life is about. Then guess what? Just like each one of us. Where, where was his adulam? Well, I can see a couple of them. How about, how about the, the 40 days in the desert? That wasn't, that wasn't really a special time. Uh, how about, um, but how about the Garden of Gethsemane and, and being betrayed by his followers? And, and something we don't even think about because it's not in the scripture. What about the night before he was crucified? He was put in some pit somewhere, having all night to think about dying on a cross. Some of the things we don't think about. What's, what's Jesus? Let me just carry this theme. What's Jesus' Hebron? It's, it's his baptism. It's where, it's where he's anointed. It's where the dove comes upon him and he knows his identity. This is my beloved son. Everything starts coming together. He knows his purpose. Is it done yet though? No. He hasn't gone to the cross yet. But then his ultimate goal, of course, is back home with Papa, sitting in heaven and, and uh, having created a place for us to come. So um, one of the things I, I, I want to... I'm going to share one more video before we before we have you come forward for um, for for a, an anointing of peace tonight. Um, I, I, I've mentioned a couple times he's come to bring peace to our hearts and he's come to bring peace to the nation.
There is no peace apart from Jesus. You all know that. Um, but it also, I'm telling you, the more intentional we are at connecting our hearts with his, his is always connected with us. But the more we intentionally connect with him, that's where we feel more and more of the peace. Without it, without it, we just kind of get crazy, right? With all the things to do and all the stress that it just weighs us down. But he also came to save the nations. Last week, Leif told so many stories of what God is doing in the Middle East, not what he's not doing. We hear the reports, right, of what we, of all the horrible things and the things we think, well, where's God? Oh, no, Leif came to share what God is doing, which is phenomenal. And uh, this last video I'm going to share, I'm going to tell a story first, but this last video is actually of, um, it's the, it's the, it's the Jesus story, the Bethlehem story told by people who live in Bethlehem, current day, modern day. Extremely fascinating video. But what it did, when I watched the video, I'm like, oh my goodness, it brought me back. Because several years ago, a bunch of us went to Jerusalem. We went to Israel, I'm sorry. And then we also went, we went to Jerusalem and we went to Bethlehem. Well, Bethlehem today, if you don't know it, it's, it's Palestinian occupied, which means there's this huge wall, which you will see in the video huge wall and uh, the Palestinians cannot come in and out we could come in and out because we were Americans with visas and they let us in and out you'll see all that in a minute but why did we go into Bethlehem well we did go there a little bit to see some of the sites but mostly we went in there for one reason which to me was one of the highlights of the whole trip we went in there to paint a house it wasn't just any house it was of course it was a Palestinian owned I mean, Palestinian was living there. Palestinian family was living there, and they were Muslim. And we went in there, and here's some pictures. There's a a younger Todd and Karina and Daniel down below, who usually drums for us and is not here today. And uh, that's Kelly Roche up top. There were others. And and uh, the first thing you might be thinking is, what's with the colors? Purple and pink are kind of like, you know? Can I tell you what's with the colors? That's the ones they chose. <coughs> and uh, sorry, that wasn't, I wasn't laughing, I was coughing. <coughs> That's the colors they chose because what we were working with a ministry there, a Christian ministry who was loving on Muslims. And one of the things they were doing is they were going down the street one by one. And as they got groups like ours that would come and help, we would, they would, we would just keep painting one house. This is the inside of the house, one house after another. And they got so excited because they couldn't wait. They knew their turn was coming, you know, coming down the street, even if it was a few months away. So they had time to pick colors and all this stuff. We went in there. Let me tell you, it, the fumes were horrible. Like there was no ventilation. It was super hot. There were times where we got really dizzy because um, of just all the paint fumes and everything. And yet it stands out as one of the highlights for me. Now, let me tell you why. I mean, it's cool that they got a new paint job. That's awesome. But that was just a way to tell them that we, we loved them. But we actually kind of did life with them. So here's here was them feeding us some food. Um, you can only imagine. I don't even know what was in there. It's been too long. But uh, what's that? A paint thinner. <laughs> Rice infused with paint thinner. Uh, and we we laughed with them. Here's... That, that little boy got, you know, I only imagine, Todd, you must have brought those teeth, right? Those false teeth things. But we're just laughing, having fun with them. This is outside, you know, hanging out with the kids, with the family. 
Um, and here's just a couple more pictures. Here's three of them, you know, just, we did life with them. And because we didn't just paint a house, this is what's really key. We didn't just paint a house, but we did it with love and we did it with laughter and we did it with joy. In other words, we were Jesus as we were doing it. And they were so attracted to that. And for me, one of the greatest pictures was when I, uh, there was one of the young women in there, um, while we were inside, she was not in all of her garb, you know, with the scarves across her face and all that. And so I actually, I didn't, I actually just saw her as a person, right? She was just a young woman, very sweet, very sweet. And uh, I think it was the next day we were there two days in a row painting this house. And the next day she had to go, I think, get a driver's license or something like that. And she, um, so she got all dressed up in the garb and put, you know, put stuff across her face so that all you could see was her eyes going out. And I went, oh my goodness. If I'm telling you that one moment, this was, I don't know, five or six years ago, whenever it was that one moment, it broke down every wall that I could have ever had erected against Muslim people. We all have those images of what we think is going on within a person just because of what we see. But see, the thing is, is that I, I knew her first as a person and that forever ruined, I mean, ruined in a good way, you know, forever just ended, ended any kind of, uh, you know, judgment I would have. Just, just by looking at a person like that. And she came back and then got, you know, took them back off. And she was that person again that we had actually, you know, gotten to know. Again, just so sweet. So I, I'm sharing that because it, it went both ways. Also, look at these little kids and all the people that we interacted with. It's not just that we have our preconceived notions about Muslims in another country, those maybe that are dressed in, in their full garb, right? It's also about the impressions and, uh, and, presuppositions they have about us as christians as american christians those those kids will never be the same right and then how how much later karina did we hear a year later a year later we heard this family came to jesus we didn't sit there and have a bible study with them we didn't sing worship songs while we were there just to just to make sure they knew the message we loved them and did life with them and painted their house. And it was a total joy to do it. So I'm, I'm just saying that's a key for all of us. Sometimes we're like, well, I don't know how to witness. How about you just be exuberantly full of love and joy like you are because of Jesus in you. And, and you watch what God does. Yes, there are times we say things. Of course there are. But if we just make it our objective to love people, watch what's going to happen. This world is going to change. It is changing. So I want to show you this video. I want to end with this one tonight. It, um, I just thought it was brilliantly done. It was done by a church in New Zealand. And clearly they had taken a lot of footage of different um, people from Bethlehem, uh, probably mostly pa- Palestinian. And they actually told the Christmas story, but they do it in modern day. And from their perspective, it's quite fascinating. I like this song very much. The the net here, uh, not uh, good. Is that YouTube? Yeah, yeah, this is YouTube. This is YouTube. 
Yes. I graduate from Bethlehem University. I have BA at accounting. I like the sheep, but uh, I need a job. The story of Jesus. Yeah. Born uh, at Bethlehem. From this road, you can go uh, to Bethlehem from this road. Bethlehem, a small city, not big city. Near Bethlehem, we have big wall. Mary and Joseph, is he coming today? No, because the big wall is close to Bethlehem. He want permit from Israel. I come here every day at 1 o'clock a.m. to sell coffee and tea for the worker who crossed to Jerusalem. In the back of me, there is the wall, 12 meters in the sky with 700 kilometers around Jerusalem. It's very hard to come into Bethlehem because people think uh, the Palestinian people are terrorists. Bethlehem is the city that Jesus was born in it. He came to, to tell the people about the meaning of the peace, the meaning of the love, the meaning of the life together. Angel came to to Maryam yeah. and told him that he has pregnant. Yeah. Maryam do not like this because uh, uh, I do not have married. From where the baby? Their uh, family and they killed him. The honor, the killing. Honor killing. Honor killing. In our land, she must married. It's shame for us. If it's not be killed, they will be thrown from her home. When she's pregnant and alone, it's her first time to have a baby. It's, I imagine God, God help her. She accepted his will, and she was ready to fight any obstacles. Yeah, she was a strong woman. Gold is a king. And whatever circumstances we live, we have his identity and we give him our loyalty too. This is a water container. People would hide gold in these jars. Incense burner and frankincense means the priesthood. Jesus would carry our prayers and will carry us up to the Father. Without him, we cannot reach the Father. This is what Mir been carried in. And Mir is a sign for the sufferings that he would carry. They expected to see a prince in a castle. They did not expect a baby born in poverty. It's uh, not rich. It's, uh, it's very poor. I know all this. God loves the poor people, rich people, old people. He's a refugee. Jesus is a refugee. They wanted to kill him. There was order to kill all the children of Bethlehem, newborns to uh, two years old. That's why she flew to Egypt. Jesus uh, born refugee because God he wanted to teach us how if Jesus born refugee what about us and he teach us about to give forgiveness and uh, love they come from God to give him the message for peace this is the important thing that the God is told to Isa to, 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 to the people. 
Yes. The Prince of Peace being born in the most troubled land on earth, it has like a significance maybe. We need peace inside ourselves and we need peace all over the world. We can feel the peace in our life because we have a hope. Hope coming where we understand each other and the hope coming where we understand God for our life. I think Jesus knocking uh, doors of the hearts of people. And he asked for anyone to open for him to start the new Christmas with him. Easter is the principle of peace. Yes, Easter is the, is the principle of peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And so Jesus, we are asking, we are asking right now to receive more of the fullness of the shalom of heaven, the, the it is well with my soul from heaven. No matter what is going on in our lives, it does not change who you are and what you bring. So we receive that peace, Jesus. And we are saying, Jesus, that your, your death and your sacrifice and your life is enough to bring peace to the entire world. Where governments have no answer, it's because you, it's the government of your kingdom, you are the answer, Jesus. So we thank you for bringing your peace, Jesus, to the earth. And we're watching it happen. We are. We're watching. I'm, I'm seeing peace come. I'm seeing the love make a difference. And so, God, rather than us being overwhelmed with how we're going to change the world, what difference does one life make? Lord, would you show us your peace in a tangible, real way so that we will increasingly be carriers of that peace and joy and love everywhere we go. But we need your peace. We have your peace, but we need to experience your peace deeper and deeper and deeper.